Eric Vestillo, you are the Regional Director of U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, the Miami Regional Office, and it is my pleasure to spend a few minutes talking with you about something that's immensely important to family caregivers. Well, thanks, Gary. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to uh, to talk with you this afternoon. Tell me a little bit about the United States Security and Exchange Commissions, or as we know, we call it the SEC. That is correct. So the SEC is an independent agency of the federal government uh, whose responsibility it is to regulate our capital markets. Uh, the SEC is composed of a headquarters office up in D.C., uh, as well as 11 regional offices throughout the country. Uh, out of its headquarters, it's got you know a number of different divisions, uh, including the Division of Enforcement, uh, the Office of Compliance Inspections and Examinations, uh, the Division of Corporation Finance, uh, as well as a whole host of other ones. And then throughout its 11 regional offices, uh, it, it, it typically has in each of those 11 regional offices an enforcement program as well as an examination program. Our enforcement program uh, investigates and prosecutes civilly uh, violations of the federal securities laws, and our examination program uh, is responsible for, in essence, conducting audits of members of the securities industry, typically broker-dealers, investment advisors, investment companies, uh, and other entities that are required to be registered with the commission. Well, you are the director in uh, Miami, and that's probably a pretty active region. Tell me about the Miami Regional Office and specifically your jurisdiction. Sure. So so the Miami Regional Office is uh, responsible for uh, its enforcement and examination programs throughout the states of Louisiana, Mississippi, Florida, as well as uh, the territory of Puerto Rico and the U.S. Virgin Islands. What are some of the common types of investment frauds that you see that can directly affect family caregivers? One type of uh, fraud that we see quite often is what we refer to as offering frauds, and these are frauds where they offer you know, all kinds of different investments. Some of those offering fraud schemes, for example, include policy schemes, I think, uh, you know, for those that may not be aware with what, what a policy scheme is, although that's becoming more and more a common term in everyday parlance, a policy scheme is where somebody, uh, a fraudster, is in essence taking money from later investors to, in essence, uh, pay profits to earlier investors uh, without having any real substance to the investment. In other words, where despite representations that the investment is going to do you know, X, Y, or C uh, to generate uh, income or profit for the investor. The reality is nothing more than taking monies from later investors to pay the so-called uh, income or returns to uh, earlier investors. And, and we you see don't those... Know, you don't have to be rich to be a victim of a Ponzi scheme. Not at all. In fact, oftentimes these are schemes that target you know, large numbers of people, where they'll take in, you know, they're happy to take in even small investment amounts, anything, you know, as low as a few thousand dollars. And again, the nature of those schemes is that eventually they're going to collapse because eventually, you know, the fraudsters are not going to be able to generate new investor monies in order to pay, you know, the earlier investors. So, you know, we see quite a few of those. 
Uh, we also see uh, in, the, in the space of offering fraud cases, we see what we often refer to as affinity fraud schemes, uh, and, and those are, you know, those are basically uh, uh, investment uh, schemes that target uh, identifiable, group, identifiable groups of people. Typically, things like, uh, you know, religious uh, communities, uh, ethnic communities. So, uh, let's say we've done uh, just a, by the way of example, we've done cases where fraudsters have specifically targeted, uh, let's say, uh, you know, uh, members of specific churches. Uh, we've we've seen cases uh, where the fraudsters have targeted, for example, the Haitian American community, uh, you know, the Cuban American community. Um, we've seen the frauds where, you know, the, the fraudsters will target uh, elderly groups of investors. Uh, so, in other words, uh, under the rubric of an affinity, affinity fraud scheme, you know, we're talking about schemes where typically the, the investors have something in common, whether it's, you know, heritage or religion or, or something else to that effect. What can people do to avoid being victims of these scams? What we tell people is that they need to they need to educate themselves. They need to ask a lot of questions. Uh, what does that mean? When somebody uh, you know uh, solicits you to invest in, in in some type of investment, uh, you need to start by making sure that a you understand what the investment is all about. Uh, you need to ask questions about how the investment uh, you know is going to make you money. How it's going to either you know generate you know, income uh, for you or how it's ultimately going to generate a profit for you. Uh, you want to understand what, what kind of uh, fees or commissions uh, you're going to have to pay with, you know, with respect to that investment. You want to know things like uh, the individual and or the company that's actually offering you the investment. You know, are these, uh, is the company that, uh, that's offering you the investment, is it a registered, is it registered with the commission? Um, most members of the industry, such as broker dealers, investment advisors, uh, investment companies that are commonly referred to as mutual funds, uh, most of them are required to be registered with the SEC. So if somebody solicits you to invest uh, in, in some sort of a financial product, you know you want to find out whether that company is registered with the SEC. You want to find out whether that company has any sort of disciplinary history. You want to find out whether the individual that's actually, uh, you know, soliciting you is also registered, uh, and whether that individual has any sort of disciplinary history. Um, again, if it's if they're basically asking you to invest in the stock uh, or a financial instrument of a particular company, you want to know more about that company. You want to know about the financial condition of the company. Uh, if it's financial, if it's a publicly traded company, you want to. You know, take a look. You know, most publicly traded companies are required to file reports on a periodic basis with the commission, uh, and so you want to take a look at those reports. You want to find out, you know, how the company is doing financially, what it does, you know, um, how it how it you know it indicates it's going to generate, you know, income for you or ultimately a profit for you. You have to ask a lot of questions. You want to make sure that you understand exactly what it is that you're investing in. You also want to make sure that it that the investment matches your your objectives and your goals, right? I mean, that varies depending on what the purpose is for that investment. If you're investing for your retirement, you know, perhaps you have certain you know objectives in mind. Uh, if you're investing because you want to eventually, 
uh, you know, send your kids to college, you know, you want to find out, you know, uh, about the investment or how, li- you know, how long is is it likely to to be before it can generate some sort of income for you or a potential profit. I mean, what we tell people is we want to make sure that investors are educated uh, well before they make a decision to invest in any particular investment. How do we check these things out? Well, I mean, you can start by, you know, by checking with us at the SEC. Um, And and by the way, we have uh, within our website, uh, specifically at www.investor.gov, which is a subsection of our uh, SEC's website, we have all kinds of educational materials there that we always encourage investors to take a look at because it teaches you the types of questions that you want to ask. It teaches you, you know, how to go about finding out, you know, the answers to some of these questions, whether somebody's registered, whether the company's registered, uh, what kind of reports does a publicly traded company require to file with the SEC and disseminate to its investors, you know, all those things. So you can rely on a lot of the information that we have within our investor.gov website to educate yourself in, in terms of what it is that you want to know about that investment before you make a decision uh, to invest in that particular investment. You know, ultimately, as I always tell people, if it's if it's an investment that ultimately sounds too good to be true, it probably is, and, and you you know you probably don't want to go don't want to invest in, in such an investment. Uh, if there's things like if they're putting a lot of pressure on you to invest quickly, uh, if they're telling you that you know that investment is only going to be available for so long. That's usually uh, a red flag that you want to be very careful of, uh, because most, if not all, investments uh, usually don't carry that level of urgency. Uh, and this is something that we often see in fraud schemes, where the fraudsters are basically trying to, you know, force that investor to go ahead and send his or her money by claiming that, you know, there's only, you know, that there's only so many units left in this particular investment that if you don't invest now, you're not going to get a chance to do so, that you're going to miss an opportunity of making great money, that, that's usually not something that you're going to hear in connection with any sort of legitimate investment. Uh, and if anybody's trying to basically, uh, in essence, pressure you to invest in something before you've had a chance to ask all the right questions and, and fully educate yourself, uh, you know, you probably should not be investing in, in such a product because there's a high likelihood that it's going to turn out to be a fraud. If it's ultimately something that you just don't understand, uh, you know, you're probably better off not investing in that particular product. Or alternatively, you should get the assistance of somebody that does, whether it's an accountant or a lawyer, somebody who can, who's independent, who's going to be able to look at it independently uh, and look out for your best interest and give you you know, give you, uh, you know, basically uh, uh, an unbiased recommendation or an unbiased analysis of the particular type of investment that's being offered to you. Where can we go for help? You can call us here in Miami if you happen, if you want to, if you happen to be in within our region. And our number here is 305-982-6300. And I'll go ahead and repeat that number again. It's 305 982 6300. We also have a toll-free number that's actually uh, manned by our Office of Investor Education and Advocacy up in our headquarters office in Washington, D.C., and that toll-free number is 1-800-732-0330.
1-800-732-0330. I'll repeat it again. That's 1-800-732-0330. And you can also go to our website at www.sec.gov. And there's a section there for complaints. You could actually... Uh, you know, send something via our website as well. Uh, and it's important, you know, that if you come across something that, you know, even if you ultimately decide you're not going to invest in it because you're worried that it's uh, that it's a fraud, or you've been able to, in essence, you know, make a, an analysis and an ultimate conclusion that the product appears to be a fraud, we would love to hear from you. We would love to for you to basically pass that information to us so that then we can take a look at it and uh, assess whether, you know, the particular individuals involved may be violating the federal securities laws. In fact, you know, we often get many of our cases from, you know, calls such as those, you know, uh, individuals who get solicited to invest in something. They uh, they quickly realize that, you know, the, the particular offering just doesn't sound right, and they will go ahead and call us and, and pass that information to us. It's important because... If we get that information, uh, you know, we have the ability to hopefully move on it quickly uh, and, and in many instances shut down the offering of that particular investment, which ultimately will save, you know, many others from hopefully getting defrauded. And from those that might have actually already invested in it, it allows us to, you know, hopefully stop and, uh, you know, try to basically recover asset, whatever assets are there so that they can be, you know, returned to those investors. So. Um, so on the one hand, it's important that they go to our website and educate themselves on what is it that they should be looking out for, what kind of questions they should be asking of the company or individual who's offering them a particular investment. Well, at the same time, it's important for us to know about these things uh, because it gives us the ability to hopefully do something about it. This is really important information to anybody, and especially seniors. Does your office give presentations on how to avoid being an investment project? Absolutely. I mean, I, I can tell you that on a on a on a year-to-year basis, we reach out to literally tens of thousands of investors through a number of different uh, sources. You know, what we again, I, the, our, our purpose in doing that is to hopefully educate investors. So, you know, we we do presentations, you know, throughout our region. Uh, you know, we try to participate in, you know, for example, you know, the, this call that I'm participating in with you. Uh, as I said, I appreciate you giving me that opportunity to hopefully, you know, reach out to your audience and hopefully, if nothing else, put it in the back of their minds that if they, uh, you know, if they're solicited to invest in something, you know, they they should basically educate themselves, find out exactly what they need to ask. Um, and as I said, we we try to, you know, we try to to do events that, in many instances, you know, uh, reach out to senior investors. Uh, we've done, uh, you know, ev- events. To, uh, to basically teach the the military uh, as well as veterans, uh, we've done events to reach out to specific you know groups within our community, um, you know whether they be you know religious uh, religious based uh, groups or ethnic based groups. Again, to hopefully teach them uh, you know about you know how to how to avoid getting the uh, fraud and how to avoid becoming a victim of investment fraud. Uh, and we would love to hear. I mean, if anybody has uh, you know, an organization or some sort of a platform where they think, you know, they would benefit from uh, from our, you know, presentations and uh, on, on educating investors, we would be happy to hear from them, and, and they should feel free to, you know, call our number. 
Eric, what would be the one most important piece of advice you'd like to share with family caregivers? With respect to family caregivers, I mean, I think it becomes all the all the more important, right? Because they're, you know, oftentimes, uh, you know, not only providing, you know, healthcare assistance and and, and and other, you know, everyday assistance, but in many instances, they are, um, you know, they get involved in in providing assistance when it comes to financial aspects of of a particular, you know, senior, uh, and so. Not only do we want, you know, the the actual investor, you know, to sort of be educated about these things, but we want caregivers to also assist, uh, you know, those seniors that they help uh, with issues involving, you know, potential investments and things of that nature. Uh, it may be that a caregiver, uh, you know, is in a better position to, to, you know, realize whether a particular investment offering that's being made to somebody that they care for uh, is not you know, a legitimate one. Uh, and so becoming educated on, on, on how to spot and how to avoid getting defrauded, even if it doesn't mean that they're the ones that are actually, you know, being offered the investment or the ones that are being potentially defrauded, but those that they're, you know, providing care for, again, we want them to be just as educated as the actual investor because in many instances, you know, it may be the caregiver that actually has the ability to uh, to sort of assess and determine that something, you know, uh, maybe may turn out to be an investment fraud, and it may be the caregiver that actually has to just sort of ask the, you know, the right questions to be able to help that individual that they're providing care for. So, um, you know, from our perspective, it's equally important that the caregiver be, um, you know, be well informed. You know, in many instances, unfortunately, we see that, um, you know, some of these frauds, for example, affinity fraud uh, cases. We've seen instances where even family members have ended up defrauding other family members, uh, and oftentimes that's where a caregiver can come into play because, you know, that caregiver may be able to spot that something that either another family member or a close, you know, friend of the particular individual that they're caring for uh, is being, you know, uh, offered something that's likely to be a, a fraudulent investment product. Uh, or is being pressured to invest in something, uh, you know, that you know, that senior investor doesn't quite understand, or perhaps that that senior investor shouldn't really be investing in. And so we want caregivers to be just as as mindful of of these issues and what to look out for uh, in providing care to uh, to uh, to seniors, basically.